This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 118 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Enjoy today's tip. Hey everybody, Glenn the Geek here with you from Lexington, Kentucky, where it has been really cold. And you're listening to Horse Tip Daily. Well, you know, we were just after the Christmas holidays, and I thought it would be a great time to get back with us one of my favorite experts, and that's Scott Trees, the photographer. He talks to us all about how to take better horse pictures, and <clears throat> we all give it a try. We all like to do it, but we're most of us aren't just aren't very good at it. That we, we keep trying. We take a lot of pictures, and with digital cameras now, you can do that. But I thought, you know, Christmas time is a time when people get cameras for Christmas, and it might be a good time to bring Scott back and to talk about another horse photography tip. I got a camera also for Christmas, my wife and I, and we haven't taken it out of the box yet. I need to do that. It's a nice little point-and-shoot camera, and I really am glad to have a smaller one. I've had a bigger Fuji camera for a long time, and now uh, I'd be love to have one I could just throw in my pocket and carry anywhere. So we got this camera for Christmas, and uh, really do need to open the box to be able to use it and maybe charge it up, that kind of thing. So I need to do that sometime soon. We won't tell Scott that. Well, as uh, you may know, you've heard Scott on the program several, many times before. He's been on with many tips. You can go to our website at horsetipdaily.com and just look under the experts uh, drop-down menu on the left, and you'll find all of his tips right in a row. You can just go back and listen to him anytime you want to. His name is Scott Trees, and he's known for his horse photography around the world. He spends about half the year over in in the in the Middle East, actually, in the Arab countries, taking pictures over there, and does a lot of uh, horse photography as well as architecture, fashion, and photojournalism, all kinds of stuff. And he's just a cool guy. So let's get to Scott's tip right now. Well, hello, Scott. Glenn, how are you doing today? Good. Welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. We appreciate you being on every time. We always get lots of comments on Facebook. Um, we, We post all of our shows on Equestrian Collections Facebook page. Uh-huh. And we get we also have our own for each show, but Equestrian Collections now has over ten thousand five hundred fans. Oh my god! They are one of the highest actually Facebook fan pages for the equestrian world now, uh, and they're Fantastic. gaining a thousand a week. Wow! Uh, so we post all our shows over there, and we get most of our comments there, and it's amazing. Each tip I put up every day, there's there's a whole discussion that goes on around them, and it's oh it's well, kind good. Of, well, I, I'm glad you told me that. I'll go take a look and, and yeah, take a, take just a look go to see. Facebook and search for Equestrian Collections and go to their fan okay. page, and and you you'll find it interesting too because one of the big things that's happening there, it's the most active fan page I've ever seen. People go there every day and just look because people are posting pictures there. That's become the place to post your horsey pictures. Isn't that something? Yeah, it is. It truly has become the place. And you'll see that some days they get what seems like people posting a hundred of their horses on there. <laughs> it just It's just horse after horse after horse picture and people with their little descriptions about their horses and then they talk uh-huh. about them. It's just become, I don't know why it became that. And she sort of had this all planned. She's a very smart woman that runs Equestrian Collections. Uh-huh. And I have to uh-huh. disclose that they are an advertiser on this show. But right. but she she just does a terrific job with it, and I've said that before, and it's just a fun place. So check it out sometime. 
Well, it's, it is. I will. And it is amazing how technology has just changed everything. Yes. And, you know, it keeps changing. It keeps evolving and it's going to keep evolving. And, and you know, we're one of those things that's evolved. There were, we could not have done the Horse Radio Network two years ago. Right, um, right. But now we can because people are starting to understand it a little better and horse people are starting to catch up technology wise. Right. Um, so, well, that's not why you uh, wanted to talk today. We actually <laughs> wanted to talk about something about uh, photography. So, yeah, I did. I wanted to share some things. That, and I think this harkens back to my film days when I, when I started basically with a handheld light meter where you had to understand how exposure and um, the shutter speed and the depth of field kind of all work together. Because whether you're shooting a film camera or whether you're shooting a, a sensor camera, you're basically capturing light onto some sort of recording device. Okay, and but you understand that most of us put it on automatic and we don't understand how any of exactly. that works. Exactly. And, okay. and by doing that, that's, that's, fine. that's fine for just um, for most things. But if you start understanding how things work better, you've, many people have probably put things on automatic thinking they were going to get a shot where they could freeze the motion. And, and the cameras for automatic settings are, are set for a default to give you a reasonable depth of field with a, a reasonable shutter speed. They average them out. And it might be that you want to freeze the motion, or it might be that you want to have a lot of things in focus. And you have controls on your camera that let you do that without having to go for totally automatic. All right, can you, you explain that to yes, us simply? You've got then. basically, I don't care what kind of camera you have, from the basic, most basic to the most expensive, you have two primary controls to keep your light onto to your recording device, your shutter speed and your aperture. Now, the shutter speed correlates to the blink of an eye. So if you put your hand in front of your face and move it from left to right and close your eyes quickly, you haven't lost sight of your hand. Uh, that would correlate to a fast shutter speed. And if you do the same um, situation, but close your eyes for a second, and your hand's gone from point A to point B, which would be a, a slower shutter speed, which is then your subject would be blurry. And when we're photographing something like a horse, for the most part, uh, we want to freeze that motion. And that's going to have to be a shutter speed of a 500th or faster to really effectively freeze the motion. And the one exception to that rule is if you, take a, if you, if you visualize in your head a bicycle rider, and if they're coming at you down a road and coming to you, you can't tell how fast they're going. You can just tell that they're getting bigger until they go right by you, and then they go whoosh right by you, and then, and then they're going very fast. Well, as something's coming at you at an angle, you can get by with a much slower shutter speed. Um, I've shot horses coming at me at a 60th of a second, which is really relatively slow. But um, it, it is that angle of motion allows you to shoot a little bit slower shutter speed. So if you're in lower light, that's something to keep, keep your mind on. And always remember that something that's going straight across from you, like a car or a bicycle rider going right in front of you, is going to need a faster shutter speed than something that's coming at you at an angle. Now that works in conjunction with your aperture or your f-stop. Okay, and I was just for, looking at my camera, actually, and uh, you're right. I have two things. I have, I'm assuming when I put it on manual now... And by the way, I have a Fuji like 5100 here. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So when I put it on manual, I see I see the shutter speed's the first number, right? And then past that is is the f number. So right, the aperture, yeah. the f stop yep. number. Yep. Yeah. Now that f stop number correlates to the to the pupil of your eye or the iris of your eye, and it opens and closes. The wider it is, the more light it lets in. The smaller it is, the less light it lets in. And so. It also, in the process of going from wide to small, 
also has an effect on what's called depth of field or depth of focus, which enables you to have a series of things. If you had five people standing in line with, uh, with one another, you could have the first person in focus the last, and everybody else out of focus. You could have the last person in focus and everybody else out of focus. You could have the middle person in focus, or you could have them all in focus. And that's controlled by your aperture. The higher the number, so most cameras go, um, most consumer cameras go from like f3.5 to about 16. Yeah, mine and, right now is set at 6.5. I don't know exactly okay. what that means, but well, that's just that's just it's it's just your range of of, of opening. Cameras are re, camera lenses are sold in a reference of their their speed or their their widest aperture. So a very fast lens is like a 1.0 or 1.2. They're very, very expensive cameras. Uh, most, I mean, lenses. Most people will buy uh, the telephotos come in, in either a 2.8, which is fast, lets in more light. So what, what the bottom line is with these wider, faster lenses is that you can take pictures in lower light conditions so the, at a faster shutter speed. The faster is the lower number. So if I take this 6.5 and put it down to 2, it's much faster. It's much faster. It's, it's actually, it's not so much... You, it's not that you're making it faster. You're letting in more light. Right, the, okay. the f-stop is, is discussed in terms of its relation to let light in at low light levels. So, uh, uh, and, and maybe I used the, the, the wrong terminology there. It's not so much the speed of the lens as it's how much light it lets in. Okay. So the, those lower numbers let in more light, which means that you can shoot in lower light conditions. Gotcha. Okay. okay. That makes sense. So, and for mathematical purposes, and I'm not going to get too technical, but if you if you cameras go like f2 um, you know 2 uh, 2.8 uh 4.0 5.6 uh, 8 11 and 16 okay well each one of those for purposes of exposure is exactly half as much light as one before it so if i have a setting at f5.6 and i cut my exposure to f8 i've cut the amount of light by half that comes into my exposure okay. to my film, okay? Somewhere I've got to compensate for that loss of light or my picture is going to come out underexposed. I can compensate for that with my shutter speed. I can go to a slower shutter speed because they work the same thing, a 125th to a 250th to a 500th, the same thing. It's cut in half. So if I'm at, if I'm at F5.6 at a 250 and I go to F8, I'm going to put my shutter speed at 125. And as far as the amount of light that it lets in, it's mathematically, it's exactly the same. But I have now have, in one case, I have greater depth and slower shutter. Or I can go for faster shutter, less depth. Now, for most of the time when we're out shooting horses, depth of field is not a real issue. Um, Maybe in headshots and those kinds of things. But most people are going to want to shoot their horses moving or running or riding and those kinds of things. So you're going to want a faster shutter speed. And you can get by with with, um, a lot less depth of focus. And actually, most lenses have a little scale on there, and on the 35-millimeter lenses, have a little scale on there that you'll see numbers on both sides. So you'll see that whole range of number you'll have you know, uh, four, five, six, eight, eleven, sixteen on one side, and and on the other side with a little red line down the middle of it. And basically, that's an old tiny tool that says this is what your depth of focus is. So you can know that everything in this range of 20 feet is going to be in focus. Because before we had follow focus cameras and autofocus cameras, you you had to use your depth of field knowledge to make sure your subject was was sharp. And it's it's not really for most people this is more than they want to know, but it's something that I think is important to understand because those are the tools that you use to freeze motion and create depth. 
and you use them together to, to create your image and to get the art of your image. Well, that makes sense. That, that kind of makes sense now. I'm sort of, I'm sort of getting it. Well, the, the thing now that now that now, if you have that basic understanding, then all all cameras have controls. It's usually P for program, A for auto, um, TV means shutter priority, and AV means aperture priority. Or you have a manual capability where you think for the camera. Now, most of the time when I'm out shooting, I'll shoot manually, mainly because once I get my exposure the way I want to, even on the camera might not do it the same way every time. So when you have it manually, if I set my camera for 500 f8, every time I push that button manually, setting that way, it's the exact same exposure. If I have it set at a shutter priority, which is what I encourage a lot of people to do when they're shooting horses if they don't want to try the manual venue, is a shutter priority, make sure that your shutter is going to freeze motion every time you shoot it if that's what you want. So that would be so, my that would be my S setting on my camera. That, no, that would be the shutter. That would be not your F. Yeah, S. S is in S, Sam. I meant S is in Sam. Yes, yeah, okay. and that's that is the TV setting on all these cameras. Why they put TV on there rather than SH, I have no idea. But at any rate, um, it um, it that is your that is the, the the designation for shutter priority. That means that you set how fast you, or slow you want your shutter to be. And the camera will determine the depth of focus for you. I see. So that's that's interesting because now I look at my screen, and of course, I the the F is crossed out, and I just mm -hmm. have the first number. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right. Well, so and then and then the and then your uh, your AV stands for um, aperture priority. And in that case, if you want to have a lot of things in focus, or you want to have a, a minimum range of focus, uh, you set it there, and it determines the shutter speed appropriately. For so that's it. how they get the great shots of the uh, horse's face from a distance, and everything else is just blurred out. Right. That's, okay. That has been accomplished with, one, a long lens, and two, a wide aperture. Gotcha. Well, and you know, this is so easy to practice with now that we don't have to buy film. Um, well, exactly. I mean, and that, that, is, that is one of the, the great benefits of the digital world is a lot of people that wanted to do pictures couldn't because it was so expensive to have film and process. Well, and I got to believe that most people, I got to believe that 90% of people, maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> maybe I just want to believe this, that 90% uh, of people are like me and they never take it off automatic. You're right. The vast majority, the vast majority of people don't. And, it, it, and I, I do kind of chuckle because it used to be, uh, especially in the film days, when I showed up to a photo session, you know, I knew I was going to have the nicest camera there. There was no question. Well, that's, that's not the truth anymore. I mean, right. I, I, <laughs> they may I not know how to use them, but they have a bigger, no, nicer camera God, than you. They do. They have the latest of everything, and, you know, and it's... It's and, on automatic. Uh, it's on automatic. <laughs> <laughs> and you know but, what? They get lucky occasionally, get really nice shots. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How um, do you think... I wanted to ask you this. You know, what's really taken photography by storm is not $1,000 cameras. It's iPhones and oh, yeah. all the other phones. And now that the iPhone and, and the I, my iTouch, you know, they have nanos, have video in them. Right. Um, that's what's taken the whole world by storm. Yeah. And that's unfortunately, that has to lower camera. people's expectations of what, well, it's just like, of what photography is, you know, you get, you get comfortable with crappy pictures because right. that's what your phone took. Right. Um, but that's the same thing though. When you think about it years ago, when you and I were, were, were when you and I were kids, um, 
you know, hi-fi was the big thing and stereo right. with our thousand dollar speakers and the right. great sound. And now we listen to MP3s and we're happy with it. Exactly. And, and most people don't realize is MP3s are crap yeah. compared to but what we used know. to listen to. Exactly. <laughs> so. and, and you do find, I mean, it's camera phones have, you know, definitely changed the way people look at things. And to tell you the truth, not, and even, even to some degree, uh, the 35 millimeter, I mean, the 35 millimeter today is everybody's instamatic of, you know, many years ago. I mean, everybody right. you know, has their camera. And so it's, but the, the phones for certain, I mean, the, the quality's not there, but it's, it's now more of this voyeuristic society we've become anyway. It's like, well, I can show you right now. Here's what I'm seeing right now, you know, and this instant gratification side of things. And it's not so much, I think people are trying to say, well, here's the art of what I'm seeing. They're saying, well, look, here I am. And they're great, they're great means of, of chronicling events an event. Um, they're very limited because they have wide lenses and these kinds of things. But people, I think overall people have expectations as to quality and imagery has dropped. Um, first of all, they're inundated with it. I mean, television, stills, magazines, I mean, you know, Facebook, uh, more, more of the internet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, still there's magazines out there like Cowboys and Indians and National Geographic and those kinds of things that absolutely elevate the art of the image. So what well, I think now image. when you see, I think what that has done though, at least with me is when I see a really good image, it really stands out now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then you go, well, somebody knew what they were doing. They're taking that picture. Right. And yeah, that, so. and I think it does stand out. I mean, I think it, it, those, those of us that are still trying to, to, to put art into our work, um, it does it does make it stand out. But, I mean, it's, again, as we've alluded to many times that we've had these conversations, that, you know, digital is just changing the face of everything. Well, and, and actually, you know, when you think about it, uh, new media, which digital is part of, right. is changing the face of everything when right. it comes to newspapers. And look what we're doing here. You know, we're changing the face of radio here. Right, exactly. Um, you exactly. know, before I would have had to have a contract with a radio station. What was a, What's amazing about before, to get off of my little tangent, is I would have had to have a contract with a radio station to produce a show, listen to potentially, you know, 50,000 people in a city. Right. Now I've, I've got listeners, i got tens of thousands of listeners across the world in, in over 32 countries. Right, You know, right. that wasn't possible two years ago. Right, no, it, it's made the world a smaller place, that's for sure. And you, you see that because you travel a lot. I mean, right, you know, right. you're, you're seeing the world become a smaller oh. place. Unfortunately, it's still a, you know, I don't think that's helped politics at all. But no. uh, it's helped the average person get to know yeah. each other a little better, yeah. which in effect, in a long term, is going to help politics. So Exactly. Exactly. Well, Scott, we just go off on our tangents like crazy, and I hope people enjoy them. Well, we do, so... So sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> we just love that's to talk right. about this stuff. That's what's good about shows like this. You never know what you're going to get into. Well, and that's what's good about the internet radio. We don't care how long it is. I don't have a time frame here. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, Scott, where can people find out more about you? Where can uh, they, they see can your work? Where can they trees. possibly buy your work? Well, they, they can, they're going to be able to buy my work online through treesmedia.com. Um, we're getting ready to offer a series of uh, limited edition prints and open edition prints, and we'll keep adding to that uh, as time goes on. Um, and, now, will they uh, be able to buy those uh, prints just as prints, or will you also sell them framed, or how will that work? Um, right now, right now we're, we'll offer them um, matted. We're not going not gonna to try and get into shipping frames yet. Okay. I think it's certainly something that we'll take a look at. Um, if the demand, if the demand asks for it, but you um, will, it will come matted, ready to put in the frame. It, yes, if okay. they want. I mean, we'll deliver. Yeah. Some people, you know, some collectors just want the print, so they can put it in themselves. And, and but we, on the limited edition prints, we're offering the ability to have them matted. On the open edition prints, you just buy the print. 
Okay, great. I know there's one that I saw at the uh, show that I want to really take a look at. If you hope, hopefully, it's one of the ones that's up there. Well, most of the ones in the show will be up there. Okay, great. Good. Good. I don't need it quite as big as that 80 well, that's inch all right. you had that's up okay. there. But, uh... That's okay. <laughs> thanks, Scott. All right. Well, thanks again to Scott for joining us. I did want to mention that his new website at treesmedia.com is up. It's beautiful. You can actually buy his prints there. It's it's a whole new website, and some of the beautiful work he has done, it shows it off much better than the old one did. And you can actually go on there and now buy prints and get them shipped right to your house. So check out treesmedia.com. I think you're going to love some of the stuff that he has done. And you can also visit our website at horsetipdaily.com. You can find all of our show notes and links there. You can find links to all of Scott's uh, information and his bio right on our website as well. You can go back and listen to all the old tips. But we do have an email for you today. Well, this email was actually sent in to the Stable Scoop radio show, but I thought I'd share it here because it was just such a great email, and uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Shelly. I also think she probably listens to some of the other shows by the the tone of this email. She says, Hi, Glenn and Helena. Helena B. is my co-host on the Stable Scoop show. If you haven't listened to that one, you might want to tune in. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot uh, lighter than most of our other shows, and we we just have a good time and laugh and carry on and and just uh, enjoy the horse world. She says, hi, Glenn and Helena. I own and operate a small boarding and lesson facility in North Yarmouth, Maine, and I just wanted to comment on your show. I stumbled upon your podcasts on iTunes, and I'm so happy I did. Being a small facility, some days I'm alone all day. I wear a Bluetooth headset while I work, and now I feel like I have company all day long. The shows are very informative and extremely entertaining. On a typical morning mucking stalls, if you listen, you might just hear me burst out laughing. I just love that feeling. Mucking has never felt better. Thanks for the entertainment and being honorary White Birch Farm fans. You've got me hooked for sure. Keep up the good work. Well, I'll tell you what, we thank you, Shelly. We'll give a shout-out to White Birch Farm up there in North Yarmouth, Maine. And that sounds cold to me, so I'm glad that we can we can entertain you while mucking stalls. That is a, our dream come true. We wanted to make sure that, that these shows would be entertaining enough that you could buck stalls, and that would go by faster. Because I'm a horse husband, I've done it before, and I'm kind of glad I'm not doing that right now. We don't own a farm right now, and... On days when it's, uh, right now it's 14 degrees, I'm very happy that I'm not out there mucking stalls and emptying ice buckets. Well, you can drop me an email just like that one at glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at horseradionetwork.com. Let me know if you're enjoying this show and do you have any specific tips you want to hear about or any experts you want to hear on the show. And don't forget to check out all the other great shows like Stable Scoop at horseradionetwork.com. Well, I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone. (laughs) 